Every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at the warehouse. We're going to be there on Friday, Salt Lake location, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. You ready for what's going on there, Gordo? I sure am. All right, let's start off with DJ and PK as they break down the BYU-Gonzaga game last night. Gallant effort by BYU or a second-half gag. PK. What? It was more a gallant effort than a gag. There were mistakes. And I think the easiest ones to identify offensively, miss some gimmies inside. You're 7'3". You're inside of five feet. There are two or three of those buckets that should have gone down. And they made some mistakes on defense, going under on screens, that kind of stuff. But Gonzaga's way more talented. I thought this was, this was less about BYU blowing it and more about Gonzaga deciding not to blow it. That first half by them was bad. But the second half, that was, that was Gonzaga being loaded, and that's why they're undefeated number one and expected to be back in a Final Four. Yeah, I don't think the first half by Gonzaga was bad. I think it was outrageous shooting by the Cougars. Uh, Nell got hot, had the game of his life. It's the best game he's played to date in college. And so a bunch of threes go down. The confidence gets going, yep. and it becomes contagious throughout the team. They play loose. Kispert changed all that early in the second half by making those threes, and he's a really good shooter. He's a player of the year candidate. The I got my Wooden Award at the voting starts here in five days, and they got three guys on the list. Uh, that's very unusual to have that many guys, but that's how many they have. So they got going, they got rolling, and Harms, you didn't mention his name, man. Sometimes he plays so soft. Let's call it like it is. Let's have real talk. I mean, go up and be aggressive. You're a really good free throw shooter. You're shooting about 80%. Try to get fouled. It seems like he shies away. When they needed buckets, uh, he had opportunity. And it, it just seems like he wants to do a fadeaway hook shot or something and appears to have a, a hesitancy as far as contact because they could have used him at the free throw line and, and he shoots so well there that they could have uh, got some easy points that way. And then they just got smothered by Gonzaga's reputation. And I think they realized we're us and they're them. Gonzaga, I thought, really bothered the guards by extending the defense well beyond the three-point line. Those shots that were there that they made weren't really even there for the taking very often in the second half. And I think Harms, I think it comes down to upper body strength. And if you can get physical with him inside, he's going to look to flip the ball up off the and, and hope it goes in, flip it off the glass, and it did a few times. Um, but you're right; that's not going to get. It's not going to draw contact very often. It's not going to get you to the line. And the thought of just going strong right at the rim, I think he thinks he's not going to get there. And I think it comes down to upper. I think it starts with upper body strength and the lack of it. And so he ended up, to your point, he ended up not even shooting a free throw in the game. Like you, you didn't I think it 10, starts with his mind. Ten free throws out of him. Wow. He doesn't believe he's got the strength. Yeah. I think it's mental rather than physical. Well, I think he's right. I think he actually doesn't have it. But either way, it wasn't there when they needed it. The people. Uh, I don't know. that. Uh, who At 7-3, who has it? It's a hard thing to have. Leverage and all that stuff, I suppose. Scott says, well, there's a reason Gonzaga hasn't lost all season. That was a tough effort, though. Tim says, choke job. You can't go under the screen on these guys. That's a true story. That's giving a three-point shooter a green light. They're going to take it. Brian says, chalk it up to a gallon effort. But when Gonzaga became interested, the game was over. Uh, Well, we were going to hear that if BYU should have pulled it off, that Gonzaga really didn't care. Bull crap. Yeah, but because they cared, BYU wasn't going to pull it off. It was clear. Why wouldn't they care? Right. That was never an issue. Uh, No, we don't want to win the conference title. (laughs) They played pretty lax in the first 20 minutes. 
It's because they didn't care. So Trevin Nell, it was. Be- I don't know that be, they didn't Zaga care. didn't care. I think it's it's more that they didn't know this level was going to be required. And then once they realized, oh, we got to we got to go, we got to ratchet it up a couple notches and get to this level to do it. Well, then we'll do it because they do care. It certainly came out like they cared in the first two and a half minutes. Not only did they get. Uh, Kispert going, and he hit the big threes, but they were mostly getting stops at the other end. There was two points for BYU in that stretch. Yeah, they felt the pressure, and they did dial the Gonzaga dialed up the defense. There's no doubt about that. There you go. DJ and PK this morning talking about BYU-Gonzaga. Uh, Gordon, you know, things are never this uh, you know simple, of course, but uh, would you say uh, gag job or Gonzaga won it? I think Gonzaga won it. And I, I'm impressed by a team that coasts a little bit and then comes on strong when it knows it has to in order to win. And uh, although, obviously, it's better to play the full 40 minutes in the college game. And uh, Gonzaga really didn't do that. But I was impressed that when they cranked the pressure up, like the guys were talking about there, it really affected BYU shooters. And we've heard the Jazz talk about good spacing over and over and over again, and it's so important for every team. Did you, how much space did you see between Gonzaga defenders and BYU shooters? I mean, they really closed in on 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 the Cougars, and they 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 looked nervous, a little bit jumpy, and physically, as we talked about earlier, the the uh, the Zags were just superior. And it's it's play. Anybody who watches that game can see the difference in quickness, the difference in athleticism. It was plain, and and BYU couldn't overcome that. So choke job, no. I th- I think they played about as well as they can against that team. And there might, you know, some people would say, wait a minute, if they played that well in the first half, couldn't they play that well in the second half? Well, not once they uh, you know stepped on the tiger's toe, and the tiger came after them. And it caused some real problems. And, look, that game was close right down until that stretch at the end. I mean, BYU might have won that game. Sometimes you get burned when you don't show up for the full 40. Gonzaga is so good. It's going to be so difficult for me to pick against them in the NCAA tournament. But I'm going to have to. Why? Well, you're picking them to win. (laughs) Jeez, here we go. So I can't. I'm not going to. I'm not going to come along with it. Did, You're I say I was, did I say I was going to pick them to win? No, 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 but you are. I haven't made up that on my mind on that I yet. I know, I know. But I, I know, I know what's going on. I thought what DJ said about Harms is, You're is not really gonna true. You're not going to take the bait? No. I, I, uh, Harms uh, has, has some skill. He's terrific from the free throw line, like uh, DJ was saying. But he didn't get there. And I, I don't know if a guy like that who is slight of build is concerned about getting hit, concerned about getting hurt, or what. But it sure seems like it would have done the Cougars some good to have him moving toward the basket. He dribbled a little bit here and there and did, did that little flip shot. And it, you know, he missed a few really important ones. But... It seems like when your body is moving to the back, especially in the college game, because there's there's plenty of opportunity for the whistle to blow. You know, bigs at the college age are it's it's so interesting because it takes longer for bigs to develop, right? We've seen this over and over again at the NBA level, not just uh, you know develop their game, but also physically, right? And right now, you know, harms. I don't know. I'm not a. I'm not a. Uh, you know, maybe some of the experts in your family when it comes to exercise and and sports science could tell us, Gordon. But you know, he needs to put on a little bit before he can be kind of that powerhouse player that uh, that we're talking about and and a, a real force as a big. But I don't think physically his body's quite there yet. Is that unfair? Yeah. No, I think it's exactly correct. So it's I. I I could see it being in a mentality kind of thing, but I think it's also a physical thing where yeah. he needs to grow into your body usually means something else, but kind of, you know what I mean? Grow into, yeah. fill out a little bit and, and get the confidence that comes with that, that you can, you can get to your spot even if the other guy's pushing you around. 
and uh, I think that'll come. How he's a he's a senior, you know. We'll see uh, what eventually becomes of his career. But uh, I mean, is he needs to get a little stronger? Yeah, he's very he's thin through the shoulders. Yep, and uh, to absorb the beating that it would be advantageous for him to take in order to get to the free throw line would uh, would take its toll on his body, I think. But it wasn't just him. You watched as BYU was trying to throw the ball around the perimeter. They were crowded. Man, they were crowded. Well, you said this earlier in the show. Gonzaga's super athletic. Yeah. I mean, they you know, when teams can close out, and, and that takes in a tremendous amount of athleticism, as you know, to really close out like that, you – it's tough. Not every team has that, Gordon. Not every team well, gets out of the shooters. Well, like BYU that. doesn't have it. I no. mean, you could see that clear as day. I mean, they got some athletes on that that team, but not like that. Not like, like that. that. <laughs> I wish I could name like two. that. Two. <laughs> it's it was it was clear. I mean, even the ball handlers, uh, you know, they would try and make a move, and there was a uh, bulldog standing right in front of them at every turn, and it made it very difficult. BYU still shot 46%. I mean, it's not like they were bricking all over the place. It's just that in the second half, it was a different story than what happened early on. All right, let's move on to Hans and Scotty G. They had Jordan Schultz on the show today. He uh, works for ESPN. He was the first to report the Ursan Ilyasova news yesterday and uh, came on today to talk about it. Well, let's talk about the latest addition to the Jazz. You had the breaking news yesterday that Irsan Ilyasova uh, will be picked up by the Jazz. Uh, yeah. Your thoughts on this addition and and uh, and what you think, he, what kind of role he might have on this team? Yeah, well, originally I was surprised, to your point, because the minutes, you know, it's a deep team, and obviously, you know, Niang's been, been quite good, and he's a very well-liked guy. Um, the thing about Irsan is, you know, I think he's played – well over a decade, uh, you know, he's a consistent 37% shooter. He's played in playoff games. He is in good shape, so he can come in and give you a lift. I think it's more of an assurance policy. But the fact that he can score, um, you know, can, can make shots, can spread you out, he's, he's a good 6'10". Um, I think it's a good signing. I mean, you know, you're at the point now, if you're Utah, where you know you're a contender and you're just you want to get everything extra that you possibly can. And if it's a 12-year vet like, Urson, who can come in and make some shots and, and relieve guys of minutes, it's it's worth doing it. So I, I like the offensive-minded option for Quinn, and I think it's it'll it'll pay off at some point. What is his best attribute? Uh, shooting for me. I mean, he can he can one dribble pull up. He's very good in the corners. Um, he's always had really good range. I, when he was in Milwaukee, I talked to them about about Urson uh, and you know what what he was like. And the, the thing I got was he's super consistent, super steady, uh, not up and down, and that kind of. That attitude for me is, is very indicative of how Utah has been, you know, and, and you think about the personnel on that on that roster and, you know, Mike and uh, Rudy and Donovan, these are very level-headed, consistent players. And Ursan, you know, he's not a star. He never was, but he's always been a really good eighth-ninth man. And I think for Utah, he'll, he'll kind of provide that steadiness as well. Uh, I know a guy who uh, uh, I know you were an intern underneath him, David Locke. We had him on, and I think he yeah, put it really my well. my first job. My first job. You know what? I, and and he still has a really good internship program here. Uh, I just uh, you know you got to have got to have thick skin if you're an intern with David because he'll get after you, you a little bit. You do, you do. He was. We had a lot of fun. It was. Uh, I was young, very very young, and just getting started. And he was. Uh, he taught me a lot. So David, I think described it really well yesterday when he was on the show. He said uh, Ilyasova might uh, and, and the Jazz still have an open roster spot too that they need to fill. More of a you know break glass in case of emergency type of player that you may not need to rely on him and you may not want to rely on him for big right. minutes or a big role. But he's there. It's a nice uh, nice insurance policy if you do. It is you're exactly right. I mean he's better than Shaq Harrison. He's you know he, I think the experience and you're right. Like I don't know how much you're gonna rely on him but you know there might be a game or a, a couple games randomly you know down the stretch or maybe a playoff game where guys are in foul trouble or you need a, a a big shooter off the bench and that's what he can do and he's you know he's not I talked to him like two weeks ago and and he I asked him what kind of shape are you and he said I really haven't stopped working out um during the pandemic so I think that'll be you know that'll be solid it's you know it's not going to move the needle it's not a huge deal but it's it's something that championship rosters need you need veterans who have been there and can make shots 
Jordan, Scotty and I were just talking about this. When you look at the Utah Jazz and how they're playing, um, we obviously saw them finish before All-Star break 1-3 and three in that road trip. It was kind of a brutal road trip for them. Where do you think the biggest deficiency is for the Jazz? I think when you get into a playoff series against an elite offensive team, and who who who's that five going to be for Utah? So, in other words, when when you need to get a bucket and, you know, somebody's going to load up on Donovan, whether it's with two guys or, you know, hypothetically, let's say you're playing the Clippers and, you know, you have Kawhi or PG on Donovan and, and, and triple bogey, as I like to say, um, or Conley's up against a really tough physical defender. Maybe Conley can't be on the floor defensively. You, you need another guy that can break down a defense and get guys shots. And, you know, like Royce has been great. He's making shots and he's defending, but that's not his game. You really, to me, you have two elite, facilitating guys who can attack and Donovan and Mike. But I think against a team like the Clippers or the Lakers or teams that are really good offensively, that's been the question mark. Now, I'm not saying they can't do it because I think offensively they've proven to be excellent, but you really need that to win a championship. And the Lakers, you know, like they didn't, they don't have, like I'm just going to their roster, for example, so they're the champs. Like they don't have like a ton of them, but LeBron is so good at it that he can compensate. Um, I think, the, the, the Jazz are right there, and I've been very, very uh, bullish on them, but I still need to see it. If I'm uh, a casual NBA fan that's watching the Jazz, I need to see it in the playoffs for an extended couple couple series. Jordan Schultz, kind enough to join us right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. So, Jordan, uh, I, I'm not asking you to predict what the Jazz do in the playoffs, but do you think the Jazz hold the number one spot going into the playoffs? Yeah, no question. Yeah, I don't think it's even a question because – it's not for two reasons. One, they're incredibly consistent, as we said earlier. They're great on both sides of the court in the half court. Quinn is so good at a timeout, so you're going to win close games. You have a closer in Donovan. And then also, you know, the, the, the seeding as a whole isn't going to be as important to, to the Lakers. Uh, I'm not sure the Clippers are really invested in it. Um, you know, Denver hasn't been consistent enough to even be in that conversation. Portland. So I think by default to a degree, but also because they've earned it. And I would say this that, you know, home court advantage in the playoffs, fellas, it's probably it's not going to be as important as it normally is. Um, but when you're playing in altitude, it is it does matter. And I've asked guys, you know, when, when you go to Denver and Utah, what is the difference? And it's consistently, like, it matters, especially those first 10, 15 minutes when you're trying to get your win. And that can be the difference. So, for me, if I'm a Utah Jazz fan, and I know there's a lot listening, the one team matters, and I do feel better about it, then, um, you know, if I was like a two or a three, knowing that we have that home court, even without fans, I think makes a difference. That was Jordan Schultz, who works for ESPN, um, giving his thoughts on Ursan Ilyasova and then the Jazz as a whole. Um, Gordon, I found something uh, about Ilyasova today going through, you know, a deep dive into his Wikipedia page. Did you know about this, that uh, he's supposedly 33, but that might not be the case? <laughs> How old do they suspect? That he is. Okay, so I'm going to read through this exactly and just try and follow because it, it was a little difficult for me. But here we go. Uh, there's been some controversy to his age. The controversy is fueled by the claim that a man named Arsen Ilyasov, born in 1984 in Bukhara, Uzbekistan, entered Turkey as an 18-year-old on August 7, 2002, two, and was never heard from again. While on September 19th, 2002, a man named Semsetin Balut claimed to have forgotten to register the birth of his now 15-year-old son and did so as Ersan Ilyasova, a Turkish citizen. The, uh, this claim that Ilyasova is actually Ilyasov and should be a Uzbek player was officially put forth by the Uzbekistan Basketball Federation in a grievance, but FIBA ruled that in the Turkish Basketball Federation's favor while this controversy was brewing, some media outlets such as ESPN's Chad Ford openly referred to Ilyasova uh, as a seven, the 17-year-old forward from Uzbekistan is widely considered the best prospect to ever come out of Turkey. Other biographies, while not claiming an Uzbek birth, still maintain a 1984 birth year. So what are we guessing he is? Uh... He could be 36 instead of 36. So he's closer to his actual age, allegedly, than Albert Pujols is. That's probably true. <laughs> That's probably yes. This sounds like uh, Dateline Keith Morrison ought to be 
reading yeah. this story. This is wild. I have no idea, but FIBA ruled that he's Turkish, so I guess he's 33. And, and if you're going to do that, how about you change your name a little more? Ilyasov From Arsan Ilyasov to Ersan Ilyasova? That's too close. Yeah. Why get? Why make things Go with, like, f- Frank Beans or something, you know? Well, it's like, uh, it's like our guy uh, um, Bobby Williams. That's right. It's like when, when Robert uh, Whaley needed an alias, you know, don't overthink it. He just went with his own first name, Bobby, and then looked at Darren Williams, who was standing next to him, and said, Williams. <laughs> Wait, what was, oh my gosh, what was Darren's? Oh, Tori Ellis. Tori That's Ellis. Right on the money, Gordon. Tori Ellis and Bobby Williams. Well, he couldn't go with Bobby Darren. Well, Tori Ellis is pretty uh, creative. I got to give Darren credit, but uh, you can see Robert Whaley, can't you? Like, hey, and yes. what's and what's your name, uh, Mister <laughs> Giant? Uh, Bobby. Williams. Not Whalen, or not Whaley. I, th- I know you think it's Whaley. Uh. Do you think Darren like gave him a weird look when he said Williams? Like, you, do you think dummy? Darren's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't say Williams. Uh, I'm Chair Exit Sign. That's my name. <laughs> One of the more underrated stories in I'm jazz John history. Water Cooler. Because it so was a, it was a bar fight, right? Because that's how yeah. that's how Bobby Williams got his hand cut. That he said his child stabbed him the next day with a broken bottle. I thought he glass. said with a knife, right? Yeah, the, the the story about his kid was a knife. I don't know how he cut it. I'm not okay. sure. Like a so, broken bottle, like he broke it and tried to stab somebody, or somebody like tried to stab him. So the bottom line here is that Urson has some wear on those tires. Nailed it! <laughs> Nailed it! <laughs> I mean, he's a veteran. Uh, he has a lot of experience. Ursan Ilyasova or or Ursan Isiolda? Well, when I looked at... When, when, <laughs> that's very clever. That was fun. Uh, when I looked at his record, basketball record, at... Uh, it, it, it said he'd been in the league for like 18 years or something, plus two years overseas. Was he like, not, was he 13 when he started playing professionally? Well, apparently he was 18 when he moved to Turkey, <laughs> but then wrote yeah. down 15 when they made it official. And I like the dad 15 years later going, that's what I forgot to do. Oh, shoot. I knew it. I was, turn well, the oven off, uh, feed the dog. Oh, birth certificate. I will say that there are a whole lot of parents in the U.S. of A. who have kids that they want to be athletes who will hold them back a ways to give them some sort of advantage. Every once in a while you hear of someone who's younger uh, participating at an older uh, level, but uh, I, I don't. I don't know what you know. Who knows? Isn't that what you oh. did in little league? No. Bingo. Well, no, I. <laughs> Bingo. Well, I, I, I did, but it was uh, it was it wasn't official. It was just one at bat under the table. Yeah, and you were sixteen, and they were eleven. <laughs> Not true. Peeled off in the... your Trans Am. <laughs> did not. Got to get to my shift at Walk-off home run. Hits home plate, <laughs> jumps into the Trans Am, and cruises off. I was, I was Take like... Take that, thir- kids. I was like 12 or 13, and the, and the, <laughs> the other ones were 12 or 11. It was, it was not... It, the disparity was not that great. <laughs> oh, I, I was not story. doing what Pujols has been doing for his whole life. I love that story. You weren't saying you were 20 and you were 60, like Pujols? Yeah. <laughs> Pulled up to the Little League field. Hey there, kids. <laughs> Half shaven. Need First somebody law. to take an at bat. And by the I way, why were they letting you join the game like mid-game? Because I rode up on my bike and I was sitting there and, and uh, they, uh, I don't know if somebody got hurt. I can't remember Now, that when you say bike, you mean your Yamaha, right? <laughs> That's what I was say. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was my Schwinn. Or it was probably one of those... Stingrays, you know, back in the day with the with the uh, handlebars up high and the long banana seat. That's probably what I was riding. You were old enough then. then to have a Honda Goldwing, weren't you? I was not. I was a kid. Hey, kids, I know you're at recess, but do you mind if I take an at-bat? Look, 
The coaches, well done. <laughs> the coaches asked me if I wanted to take it at bat, and I said, yeah, but they said, you got to bat left-handed. Wait, there were and coaches? So, yeah. This is, so I, this is spinning out of control rapidly. It is like, not. So some Little League coach inserted somebody who wasn't on the team into the game, but then it said was, that they had was, to bat was, left-handed? It, yeah, it, was, okay. it, it wasn't an official game. But they were playing there, and I can tell you, I know, I see the field in my mind. I know exactly where it was. I rode up on my bike, and they said, hey, you want a bat? And I said, okay. And, and the coach said, yeah, well, you got a bat left-handed. So I said, all right. Why I was will. there a coach there? Because it was, a pra- it was like a practice exhibition, something or other. And so they asked me if I wanted to take a bat. That's it. What's so hard to believe about this? Everything. All of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All guys, of it. I, I swear to you on a Bible, this story is absolutely 100% true. And I swear to you on a Tom Clancy novel that I don't think so. Uh, uh, there is no reason for you to doubt that. Some coach was like, hey, kid, why don't you come taking it bet? Or should I say, hey, young man. <laughs> Hey, it's sir. Just, you guys just full of it. Could you, you turn not, your? Could you put your car in park? And do you do you always listen up to, to the plate? Do you always it? listen to your wife, lovely wife, your beautiful bride, the way you mean. have today? We're not you're, being you're, mean. You're, no. you're calling me a liar. We are not. We're just saying that you're inventing things. I am not inventing things. <laughs> that would be a lie. <laughs> so Jay Drew is not old. He's just don't, a veteran. He's just and Gordon's not lying. Like, he's just don't, inventing things. Yeah, don't, exactly. Don't take my childhood away from me, man. This is <laughs> this is a fond memory I have. Don't be taking it away from me. And Easy, it was absolutely a hundred percent taking my childhood. Yeah, seriously. From me. It was like one of the highlights of my youth. Hey, let's go play some pickup baseball at the field. Make sure to call the coach. <laughs> guys why else do you think i would be able to play there was an adult who asked me if i wanted to take an at bat and i said yeah and if, it, if otherwise i would have batted righty hey you're going but he on- said no you gotta you gotta bat left-handed because you're you're older than these kids i said all right let's do it hey. boom hey, smashed go- it smashed it in the right field over the right field fence grand slam baby woohoo Hey, Gordon, you're going off to college next week. How about another at bat for old time's sake? Don't want you to forget your childhood. <laughs> don't rob me of my the highlights of my younger years, man. There was high don't, involved. Don't, don't, don't even do it. No, everybody, else? everybody. I hope most of our listeners have uh, a few highlights like that from their from their young. I'm talking yeah. about young. And there was like that 12, time that I like just lost out to Kerry Struggs for the right. USA uh, gymnast team. Yeah, I was going to say, and if you don't have those moments, just create them. <laughs> oh, don't create them. Just you gotta, create you gotta, them. No, you got to stay real, man. Be making mm. stuff up. Oh man, I I remember when I. You know, I think you guys or are jealous. I, when I, I think you read. guys are jealous. That's what this is. You never had moments like that. I'm Did sorry. I tell you about the time when I was 13 and I rode Smarty Jones to the the oh, Kentucky Derby Championship. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember your name being on that Wikipedia. It's page. a little it's a little different taking a left-handed at bat in a, in a in a a youth game and you riding, you know, Here's, secretariat or whatever. The number one reason I have trouble believing that this is 100% accurate Gordon is 100% that- uh, in, in the pantheons of archives of this show, dating back to when you did it with Bowler, you've told some stories. Some whoppers. Some, some incredible life moments, things that happen maybe once to one person ever. You have 20 of them. And now, 30 years later, this one just wiggles its way out? Oh, no. It, it, I told this story back when I was doing a show at Bowler, too. That, that story, I've, I've told that story and retold it many times. And in different ways. Nope. Because it was left field last time. No, it wasn't. It was because I was batting left-handed and I pulled it. Come on, knock it off. <laughs> so you and our son Ilyasov, our son Ilyasova, have something yeah, in common. Exactly. <laughs> we lied about our age. Exactly. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more big show coming up. <laughs> Ta- Taylor, real hello, quick, tweets hello, in. Hello, sir.
this baseball story is like the story of Gordon, quote unquote, spraying the farm. He told yeah. a month ago. Yeah, I right. did. Exactly. I did spray. Okay, that I mean, turned it was... out to be like a a, a planter. A potted or plant. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't. It was. It was. <laughs> it was a. It was a huge uh, plot of land. It wasn't a, a farm proper. It was crops, but, but then it, it was, was fields. It was, then no, it was a garden. No, yeah, well, it was crops. It was. There was all kinds of, of stuff growing out there that I had to spray. So uh, uh, it, it's all it's all true. Sprayed man. a little Roundup on the flower bed, and it's I hope not. Farming Roundup's dangerous, man. It's uh, I I I did. I did some service where I went out and did that for him, and uh, it was hard work. I had, I had, you know, I had the old dungarees on with the bandana hanging out of my back pocket, T-shirt on, put the the machine on my back. We didn't need to hear the story again. Grapes of wrath. And by the way, this story was already debunked. You you started talking about this, and then by the time the conversation ended, you were like, "Yeah, it was it was like a couple of feet of dirt." And no, now, it now it comes it up was... again, and you're like, "Yeah, oh. right back to the farm." How do how do we <laughs> not have say, a better memory I, than this? I didn't say it was a farm. It was a large plot of land, and it, it took a lot of work. Uh, over I under, or, uh, over or under ten square feet. Oh, it was like a thousand. And then I said, "Whenever there's a fight, so hungry people can eat, I'll be there." All right, stay tuned. <laughs> Whenever More there's next. a cop beating up a guy. <laughs> Nah, it's called Jake again. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. Davis Vision is giving you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses. That's $1,000 off LASIK. Start your road to better vision at davisvisionmd.com or call today 801-253-3080 that's 801-253-3080 we should alert the uh, NBA Referees Association to that deal huh? <laughs> got him <Nice. laughs> I've been sitting on that joke for a while yeah, I figured. seems you know, somewhat relevant now uh, the Jazz will be back in action on Friday the Rockets will be in town uh, the lowly Lowly Rockets will be in town. I would guess the Jazz will get things started on the right foot, uh, so to speak, Gordon. But, you know, of course. Sure, they'll unveil those uh, green uniforms, brand spanking them. And the big topic, of course, and we talked to uh, to Sarah Todd about this yesterday, covers the Jazz for the Trib, is what they did in the first half of the season sustainable, Gordon. Right. And, she, uh, by the way, she covers for the Desert. What did I say? The Tribune? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Desert. Apologies. Let's be let's be fair here. Well, we want uh, people to know where to find our work. Of yeah. course, Deseret News. Um, and she seemed to think uh, it, it was sustainable, and I thought laid out a pretty good case. I I also think it's sustainable, but that kind of depends on what your definition of sustainable is. I don't think they'll have a better record than they did in the first half of the season. Oh well, that would be pretty hard. To right, do. right, right, but right. The, Jordan Schultz said the same thing because of the consistency of this team and its balance being uh, proficient at both ends of the floor. Uh, I know that people saw that uh, losing three or four at the end uh, before the All-Star break, and that I think that made some Jazz fans a little nervous. But uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess it's possible they could go into a bit of a funk, but I, I don't expect that either. I mean... When we were talking to Locke that time, didn't he say that the Jazz would have to really play pretty crappy basketball to lose their edge versus their competitors in the West? Well, that was when the Jazz were up five games in the lost column. What is it now, three and a half or something? What is it? Three. Uh, let's see. I'll bring up the standings because I'm capable of that. Um, let's see here. The Jazz now are two and a half ahead of oh. the Suns, two games in the lost column. But they are four games in the lost column better than the Lakers and five games in the lost column better than the Clippers and Blazers. Hmm. Oh, do you think the Suns are dangerous, man? 
Well, again, let's let's define dangerous. I don't I don't think they'd be a threat to the Jazz. No, but I don't think the Jazz are going to play them in the playoffs either. I mean, the threat as far as the standings. As far as the top seed, no, I don't. The the Suns were twenty four and eleven in the first half of the season. You know, I don't see them duplicating that either. And the Jazz have a relatively favorable schedule, I think we determined. Yeah, they do. Uh, when that came out, so we'll, we'll see, man. But they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to keep uh, keep focused and play play like Quinn says with force, man. Go out there, don't be lollygagging around. Get it done. You're capable of doing it. We've seen that. So so do it. Well, the Jazz fans need to hope for if the Jazz keep the number one seed, which of course is an if. Um, they want the Clippers and Lakers to pass the Suns. They don't want to have a second-round matchup with the Clippers. Yeah. yeah. Way rather That's... have a second-round matchup with the Suns. Right. I mean, they, they don't want to play both L.A. teams. You know, you don't if want possible. to do that. Yeah. Right. So, we'll, we'll see. But I, I don't expect Phoenix to finish the season in second place. I don't. Although, it depends. I mean, how long is Anthony Davis going to be out? I thought it was until about mid-March, wasn't it? Well, when they, they put him out, they initially put him out for four weeks, I want to say, but I haven't seen an update to that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. Uh, for him, the All-Star break came in the four, four two this time. Uh, be able to heal up a little bit without, without missing action. But they are. I thought, I thought they said mid-March, but, uh, you know, we're not that far away from that. Well, and it was a fairly serious injury, I think, so you never know um, when it comes to that sort of thing. But uh, the Lakers are... are I think the the biggest flaw with the Lakers is they're super thin. That really yeah. stood out to me when the Jazz played the Lakers or the Clippers those two games and then the Lakers. You know, the the Clippers, maybe they don't have LeBron, but they've got a lot they've got more. They've got more comma better players than the Lakers. Yeah. Do. The Lakers and have LeBron exagger- and Davis and that's it. That was exaggerated by the absence of uh, Anthony Davis Certainly. Uh, against the Jazz. Uh, boy, that shortens up everything, doesn't it? But uh, yeah, I agree with you. And that Jordan Schultz said that as well. That uh, as when, when he was talking about uh, the addition that Jazz made, that uh, that they're they're deeper, and that's that's a big advantage. Although he did remind everybody that the Lakers do have LeBron James, who's still good somehow. Still good somehow. It's <laughs> still good. <laughs> Yes, he is. Even at his age, is somehow still good. But uh, I think it's shaping up to be a really interesting uh, close to the year. And, and again, whatever your definition of sustainable is, I, I at this point expect the Jazz to, I don't know, is it fair to say expect him to finish in the top seed in the West? I mean, there's a lot of water well, to go under the bridge, so I don't know if that's fair or not. But That's what Jordan said. Yeah. that's what I, That was his prediction. And so you know, I thought he said that with uh, you know resolution, man. He just said, "Yeah, that's the way it's going to be." I I'm not as confident as that, but it's certainly you know if they if they play up to their potential, yeah, that could happen, especially with a a more favorable schedule down the stretch. Coming up next, the not sports report. You know what? Maybe we should get Austin. Maybe some sort of like a you know. A, you know how they put up on the TV shows, TVMA or whatever? Can we get some sort of, like, warning, you know, content may not be suitable for kids? Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. For the, oh, non, for the non-sports come report? on. There was nothing wrong with what I came up with yesterday. And today, today's, uh, I've got a couple things here today. Uh, one of them is quite informative for curious minds who want to know. Well, Wait, what kind of curious? <laughs> Who's running the show here, Chester or Gordon? Uh, well, on that one, I am. Chester may uh, may edge in here a little bit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We, no, we, we're not we like that. that. Stop it. Content. The not following not. is paid programming. The views, claims, and opinions of this yeah, program do should, not necessarily reflect this. those of the Zone Sports Network, its management, or staff. Including Jake and Austin. Yeah. Get Hold on here. Let me say it. Let me repeat myself for about the 5,000th time. Jake, if you don't like it, you do it. You do your it. batting ball and going home. I know. No, I mean, just like Teddy Roosevelt said, you know, I'm in the arena, bloodied and and bruised, doing getting the job done, and you guys just standing on the sideline, making fun of it, making light of it, saying it's this, saying it's that, when Fine. I'm the one with the scars and the sweat going on here. Again, I think you're overselling 
exactly how difficult it is to, you know, <laughs> find, find, a, find a story under the narrow parameters of not having to do anything with sports. I don't know how you do it, frankly. Well, apparently it's catching because everybody else copies it. Stay tuned. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 1280 the zone the following segment may contain material with mature themes and might not be suitable for children time for the not sports report <laughs> brought to you by the lhm used car supermarket over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory shop online lhmusedcars.com gordon kidding of course where are we going today uh okay i got two things do you want the informative one First, or the saucy and spicy one first? The non-chestery one first. Okay, wait, that's not the order I have them in. Okay, hang on one second. All right, uh, apparently this past year, uh, with a pandemic, uh, American motorists saved over 3 billion hours being stuck in traffic collectively. That's pretty amazing. All those drivers claiming back millions of hours of time that they otherwise would have spent just caught in traffic. It says here that drivers in the U.S. lost on average only 26 hours this year due to uh, traffic being uh, less intense. Down 99 hours. Down from 99 hours in 2019. That's terrible. So they saved, so Americans saved like 75 hours not being stuck in traffic. That's terrible. Sorry to what do hear you mean? that. What do you mean? Oh, what do I mean? I thought, what are you, uh, that's terrible. Because you're saying that, uh, that transportation is important and people should, if people are stuck in traffic, then, then they, they're busy and they're no, being industrious. Nothing like what? that. Nothing. Well, what are you, what are you saying? What do you, what do you think most Americans do while they're in their car? Oh, listen to us. Listen to the radio. Why are you bringing this up like it would be a good thing? Like, hey, great news, everyone. People are consuming less of your product. Well, yeah, what no, are you talking no. about? People, no, because people are listening to us at home. Mm-hmm. I, I know. Hopefully they are. But it says urban areas in the U.S. where drivers, that's where drivers saw the greatest declines. Uh, let's see. Uh, include Washington was down 77%, Atlanta down 75%, Portland uh, down 69%, Boston 68 Baltimore 68 and Seattle 67 Thank goodness so, Salt Lake's not on there. <laughs> there's, there's no talk of Salt Lake on here, but that, you know, I mean, I hear Best city saying. in the world, everyone. Keep on driving. Okay. And then there's this saucy, spicy story, oh, all right? Boy. A woman named Maggie decided that she was going to surprise her husband when he came home uh, recently. Uh, she said that uh, she had not worn lingerie in years and years and years. But she got a really nice ensemble, apparently, and she wanted to surprise her husband. So she set up a camera and the camera was running, the, and it was all set up. She was ready to go. She had uh, a robe on, and uh, uh, her husband came through the door, and she dropped the laundry to show, flashed, flashed her husband. Uh, and there was one problem. It wasn't her husband walking through the door. It was her father-in-law. Mm. Wait, wait, how did this make the news again? Because it's it's a unique thing that happened in in the world out there. So apparently the the father-in-law 
saw his daughter-in-law and started backing up going, oh, 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 expletive, oh, expletive, trying to get away. And she filmed the whole thing and it ended up on TikTok. And it's been viewed now by like, Hundred thousand. That people. sounds so fake. That sounds like that. That was that a, does sound fake. Like a setup. So it's not news. This is just a social media thing. What are you talking about? I, it I, actually I, happened. But I don't. Was, I don't believe that that's her father-in-law, and I don't believe that this yeah. was just. I think they I did either. this to get to go viral. To get yeah. Which oh, it, it was probably God. funny. Oh, what, what, why? Why would you do that? Don't don't do you not believe in accidents? Austin just explained. Not why on you TikTok. Would do that. I don't. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, you guys are so freaking cynical. About everything. I can see this woman. She's trying to surprise her husband by showing a little, you know. Easy. What's the word? There isn't one. A more. You know, a little love. And, uh, you know, then it's not him. It's his dad. I've got, I've got uh, some, some breaking news for you, Gordon. The Office wasn't a documentary. <laughs> The Blair Witch Project? Not, not, a, a, not a real thing, no. No, it wasn't. Uh, yeah. There's a funny Twitter <laughs> handle out there called Influencers in the Wild, which makes me laugh because it's all videos of people videoing themselves doing, like, Instagram, TikTok, stupid stuff. And it really is It's a funny Twitter account because you just see these people, like, somebody standing there with a phone uh, videoing somebody doing something completely moronic. And it's, it is pretty hilarious. Oh, and this but is it, a third uh, non-related party? Fil- filming what I these see. morons are doing. Yeah, like laying down in traffic and a stuff. A different yeah, view of right. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kind Behind the scenes. But yeah, that I agree. That sounds completely... I'm sure it's funny. It's just, I don't know. It's not. I don't think it is. I think it's legit. Well, have, Why would you post you, that? Why would you, you film it? You, because it's funny. It's not like she was naked. You know, she was covered but up. surprising it's her a, husband. Why would she film that? Because she wanted to, to show him, you know, be able Fine. to look at it and That's, say, look, this is Let's say is they funny. did that. But why do you then send it out to the rest of the world on TikTok? Because, it, because it's funny. Because it, so it's that like, you go viral. Like, yeah. Didn't you didn't, no, didn't you guys ever watch the uh, Funniest Home videos? Oh, yeah, and Man. it was set up a lot of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it? I, I don't know. And, and I, I think accidents happen. I think funny things happen. I think unexpected things happen. And when they happen like that, then people say, oh, look, this is funny. It'd be one thing if she had been, you know, naked, but she wasn't. She was <laughs> covered, you know. And, and so it's, it becomes funny because here she is all excited to to uh, surprise her husband. And it's not him. Yeah, they knew it would be funny when they were storyboarding the thing. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's like those wisdom tooth uh, videos. <laughs> right. Everyone guys, suddenly uh, in the history of getting your wisdom teeth out, every one of you. That gets your wisdom teeth out goes crazy? I feel sorry for both of your wives. I really do, because they have to deal. No, over the fact that you guys are non-believers. We're not gullible? No, no, you just, you don't believe anything. Yeah, because, you know. Anytime something happens to somebody, you think, oh, the reason that happened is because it was set up. You know, come on. Life life is funny sometimes. It's It's accidental. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, the cast of the Jersey Shore could get in a bar fight every single night and accidentally not get arrested. I mean, it just, they just lucky Coming like from that. the man that never misses an episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. It's entertaining. I didn't say it was. I'm watching it because it's a documentary. Sometimes goofy things happen. Sometimes, you know, it's like... The it's clip like, has racked you, up 7.4 million views. And it just happened to be her father-in-law. No, think about it. Think about it. Remember, remember the, uh, the, the, the guy who, uh, who, who uh, staged a, a motorcycle accident on the road and his, his uh, fiance rolled up on it and the police the police were in on it they set it all up and she jumped out of the car to come running over because she thought he was hurt and she came running over to him and that was this whole thing was being filmed and and the second she got to him he popped the the ring box open and proposed to her and she was really ticked off because it was it, well she was kind of ticked off but she was excited too it was uh, uh, but i mean Austin, wait, hold on. Austin, Austin's got some breaking news. Austin? Yeah. Uh, the the Blonde Brewer is the TikTok user who uh-huh. put this video out. And she said, it's a joke with a laughing emoji. 
What? It's, no, it wasn't a joke. It is. It she was, right, she right put there it on right the there page. on the thing. Yeah. I don't believe it. That well, was I feel bad for your life because you're a non-believer. Yeah. It said, she she herself said it's no, a joke. Was, it, was she saying that the that the posting of it was a joke, or was she saying that the whole setup was a joke? She's saying everything on her page it's is an joke. act, is a joke. And all of her other videos are in similar fashion. And she oh, said it was so, a joke. All right. I'm so disappointed. I, I, I really I really fell for that one. And I Robbie points out a great point. He says most on Twitter, he tweets at us, he says most people knock before walking into someone else's house, including in-laws. <laughs> Not if it's a relative. Come on. When you go over to your mom and dad's house, Jake, do you knock on the door? I always call when I'm headed over. Uh, they, I'll tell you this, they knock on our door. And uh, do my father-in-law, on, do knock on my, theirs? my father-in-law knocks on our door. Do you knock on, do you knock on their door? Most of the time when I know they're home, I do. Oh, okay. I, I, admittedly, I don't knock at my parents' home or our in-laws' home, but... They always know that we're coming. It's not just a show up. And plus, in the video, the guy takes out his keys, jingles the keys, gets the key in the door, then walks in. <laughs> yeah. I didn't actually watch the video. <laughs> well, then why on earth are you digging your heels in like this? You didn't actually watch the video. Now you're just trying to save face. No, I didn't watch the video, but I just believe that <laughs> it was uh, something that went awry. Uh, now I feel, I feel. I'm sorry to have. We, we need now. to get to David, but you, you brought it up on the Not Sports Report without watching it? So you didn't no, need to didn't, watch it for it to no, be relevant for the Not Sports Report? No, I didn't want to watch it. I didn't need to see a woman dancing around in her, in her lingerie. You are, are not <laughs> you know? being honest right now. So I got shookered. I'm sorry. Stay tuned, David Locks. <laughs> no, hold on here. The traffic, the traffic information was useful. And Let's see. And 1280 the zone. I thought it was fine. Yeah, it was good. I, it was bad news for us, but yeah, it was fine. It's story number two. <laughs> We could have left that on the on the on the cutting well, yeah, but room now, floor. Now I feel pressure. Like I gotta come up with something a little spicy, or else you'll you'll, you'll be disappointed. The <laughs> funny funny tweet coming in. That's good. All right, stay tuned. David's next. 97.5 and twelve eighty. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Tim Lacombe. What type of Mike Conley are we going to get now to finish the season after getting his first all-star bid and having kind of the start to the season that he's had? He's a guy who's been undersold a lot in his career. I mean, you look at the numbers, and the numbers are so impressive over his entire career. You know, he's joined the Jazz. You know, he had a difficult time transitioning to a new place and a new system. So, like, I think what we're seeing and what we're going to see in the second half is just more Mike Conley, which to me is tough grit, determination, and a whole lot of understanding of who he is. I think he lives for the big moment. I'm telling you, on a national stage when, you know, kind of an uninvited guest and he showed up and darn near stole the three-point contest. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.